Al-Bayan Radio presents Tafsir Unlocked Presented by Sheikh Farhan bin Rafi' Ahmed Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Inna alhamdulillah Nuhmadu wa nasta'inu wa nasta'gfiru wa na'udhu billahi min shuroori anfusina min sayyati a'malina Man yahdiillah falamudillalah wa man yudlil falantajidalahu waliya murshida wa ashadu an la ilaha illallah al-ahadu al-qahhar wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu attaqullah haqqa tuqatih wa la tamutunna illa wa antum muslimun Indeed, all praise and thanks belongs to Allah wa Taala alone. We seek His help, His assistance, and guidance in all things. He whom Allah wa Taala guides, there is none that can misguide him. And he whom Allah wa Taala leads astray, there is none that can guide him except through the will and permission of Allah wa Taala alone. And I bear witness and testify that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah, and that Muhammad ibn Abdullah ibn Abdul Muttalib al-Hashmi al-Qurashi was the final messenger and prophet sent to all of mankind. O you who believe, fear Allah. Fear Allah as He deserves to be feared. And do not die except in a state of Islam. Do not die except that you are Muslims. Rabbi shrahli sadri wa yassirli amri wa ahli min lisani yafqahu qawli. Alhamdulillah, this is lesson 37 in our reading of a tafsir. And today's lesson, we take the 27th and the 28th verse of Surah Al-Baqarah. And these verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He described some of the characteristics of the disbelievers. And in it also is a direct يعني, address by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the kuffar. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, الَّذِينَ يَنْقُضُونَ عَهْدَ اللَّهِ مِنْ بَعْدِ مِيثَاقِهِ وَيَقْطَعُونَ مَا أَمَرَ اللَّهُ بِهِ وَيَقْطَعُونَ مَا أَمَرَ اللَّهُ بِهِ أَنْ يُوصَلَ وَيُفْسِدُونَ فِي الْأَرْضِ أُولَئِكَ هُمُ الْخَاسِرُونَ Now this verse, it starts with the word الَّذِينَ Those, those who Now Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah, he mentions that this verse is directly connected to the verse that came before. How did the last verse end? Who remembers? وَأُولَٰئِكَ وَمَا يُضِلُّ بِهِمْ إِلَّا الْفَاسِقُونَ We got there at the end. Now, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not misguide except those who are what? Corrupted. Those who are corrupted. So who, those who are the fasiqeen, the corrupted, this is their description now. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to give. Those who are corrupted. Now, what is it that they do? What is the thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says these people do? Yanqudun. They يعني, do this word, and this word, what it stems from, is a word that comes from breaking, right? To break something. To break or to corrupt the foundation of something, whether it is a building or a rope or a covenant, something that is broken. So the fasiqeen, they are who? Those who are the corruptors. What they do is that they break. This is something, this is one of the characteristics of those who are the fasiqeen. Now, these fasiqeen, specifically Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says they break something specific. What is it that they break? الَّذِينَ يَنْقُضُونَ عَهْدَ اللَّهِ مِنْ بَعْدِ مِيثَاقِهِ يعني They break the covenant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The, يعني they, they break it and it is something that they've pledged to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and after affirming it, then they break it. 
right? So they break this covenant that they have with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this pledge that they have made with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and after they make it, then they break it. Now, subhanallah, the ahd over here, the covenant that is mentioned, now this has many different opinions. What is ahdullah? What is the ahd that they took with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What's the covenant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? The pledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What is it that they broke? Now, there are many opinions on this, right? But Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah, he says that this verse is pertaining to those who disbelieved. To those who disbelieved. And he is of the opinion that the covenant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they broke the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon his creation. And he orders them with that which he orders from the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. And he forbids them from that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forbidden upon them from the transgression against him in sin and in his books upon the tongues of the messengers, they break this covenant through not acting upon it. So what they were entrusted with was what? To obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to worship him alone, to stay away from that which is haram, to stay away from the sins. And then they were ordered to believe in what? The covenant that what the prophets and messengers came with in their books. And how did they break this covenant? By not acting upon it. They left acting upon it. So now, subhanAllah, the modern way would be is that you've taken the Qur'an, you've accepted it, but then you abandon its meaning, you abandon its way, you abandon what the Qur'an entails in that which is worship. So you abandon it. So over here, these are the people who, they break the covenant with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So over here, this is يعني, perhaps the strongest opinion with regards to what is Ahdullah. Right? Ahdullah in the verse and Ahdullah if you say it without in the context of the verse. So another strong opinion that was held by the scholars was, like the scholars like Imam al-Baghawi rahimahullah, was that this is the covenant that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took from all people يعني, after Adam alayhi salam was created. And this is mentioned in Surah Al-A'raf verse 172. وَإِذْ أَخَذَ رَبُّكَ مِنْ بَنِي آدَمَ مِنْ ظُهُورِهِمْ ذُرِّيَّتَهُمْ وَأَشْهَدَهُمْ عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ أَلَسْتُ بِرَبِّكُمْ قَالُوا بَلَا شَهِدْنَا And remember when your Lord brought forth from the children of Adam, from their loins, their seed, from Adam alayhi offspring, the children of Adam, and he made them testify to themselves by saying, Am I not your Lord? And they replied, Yes, we testify. So over here, everyone who exists has already affirmed this unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who is deemed worthy of worship. And this is something that is ingrained in the fitrah. This is ingrained in the natural disposition of a human being. And we have all been born into this. We are all born into Islam. So over here, this is يعني, the covenant that some of the scholars say that they broke. So they break the covenant after making it. They've made this covenant with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala where Allah has said, Alastu bi rabbikum. Am I not your Lord? And they said, Qalu bala. Yes, of course you are our Lord. 
truly we testify. Right? So over here, they broke this covenant by what? Not worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not being upon his way. Now, inshallah, يعني, this covenant that Adam alayhi salam, the, the, the riya of Adam, the children of Adam alayhi salam, this is when we get to Surah Al-A'raf, approximately about seven years from now. Now, يعني, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that those who are corrupt, right, from the previous verse, Al-Fasiqeen, those who are corrupt, they break the covenant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that which they pledge to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after affirming it. That's the meaning of the verse so far. And these corruptors, what they do is one of their other characteristics is that they break that which and they sever that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala orders them to join. Anything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered them to join, they break it, they sever it. Now what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala order us to join? What's the main, one of the main thing, the first thing that comes to join? Kinship, right? Siratul Rahim, right? The ties of kinship. Now, how are they upheld? How, yani, we hold this thing, right? You have to keep your family close. You have to always, don't forget the Siratul Rahim. Don't forget Siratul Rahim. Don't forget, all right, what is it? How do you do it? I've got too many cousins. I have no clue what their names are. <laughs> Tell me, what, what, what is it? How do you, how do you yani, keep the ties of kinship? Give me something. Respect, and you're supposed to respect everyone. What? It's, it's like, you're my cousin, I respect you. You're not my cousin, I don't respect you. I don't know, that doesn't work. Regular contact, all right. Keeping in touch, same thing. Thanks, mate. Anything? Come on, Murjan. Come on. Speaking with them, all right. Anything else? Very good, right? Responding whenever they need. But the thing is, Sheikh Ibn Uthaymin, rahimahullah, he mentioned something specific. He goes, this goes back to the customs and the culture of the land that they come from. Because this was left Aam, general, in the Sunnah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not specify, go and visit them once a day. Go and visit them in the morning and the evening. Go and call them in the morning and the evening. If something happens, you need to do this. It's not like that. It's whatever is seen as being good, whatever is seen as being mending the ties of kinship, Right? Then this is from it. So maybe a Saturday barbecue counts. Well, no, this is seriously. This, maybe a barbecue counts where you invite all the cousins and the family, the uncles. This will come in Salatul Rahim. Right? Tying the, the, the ties of kinship. Keeping them together. Now, over here, this is something that is from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He did not make one custom, one culture to be above all other cultures. Right? Like imagine... Like for instance, in, in some cultures, they might do something as a, a, a sign of respect that you see as being completely like whack. Even if you did it to your dad, you'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you trying to do here? Right? So it's not from certain cultures to kiss. Right? To kiss on the cheek or the kiss on the head, for instance. It's not from the culture. Right? Or for instance, in, in some cultures, it's if you have the hand of an elder, is to kiss the hand, right? And then maybe put it on the forehead, right? This is from a culture, but other cultures, they don't like physical touch. It's weird. So over here, this is something that is from the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, where you just have to keep the ties of kinship. However, that is maintained as being customarily ordinary and normal, that is how you have to keep the ties of kinship. Now, 
there might be things in the culture that may go against Islam. That's not what we're talking about. Okay, so obviously it has to be within the realms of the Sharia. An example of that is you are not a mahram to your cousin. So you don't really call her up. No, <laughs> no, right? This is not from the deen. That you go and have a chit chat, you know, half an hour, or is, or that you sit all together and يعني, this is very prevalent where there's free mixing and that's not, let's not get into that can of worms. But يعني, it has to be within the bounds of the Sharia. So obviously we know that you can't see a non-mahram woman without her hijab, for instance. So over here, ties of kinship doesn't mean that you guys share photos. Ties of kinship doesn't mean that you go excessive, right? So over here, ties of kinship would be from culture to culture different. So يعني, some of the mashayikh said that what you do is you say, Salamu alaykum, and then you ask them about يعني, do they need anything? Is everything okay? Family is good? Kids are good? Ma'af salama. Right? With the cousins. Maybe if it's, it happens in, a, uh, in an event where you see them and you might have to be forced to do it. However, them sitting on one table, sitting, laughing, joking, this is not necessarily from the Quran and the Sunnah. Right? Because there are non-mahrams sitting and joining and talking and this is not from that which is good. And what happens in this is even worse, is that then you have the spouses of the families coming and sitting and then the table gets bigger and bigger. Why is this an issue? Because, okay, you might be the cousin, but your husband or the wife is not the cousin. Right? That's someone who's an ajnabi, complete stranger to the family. So over here, free mixing, especially when it comes to families and especially our community, unfortunately, it's not really talked about. This is very dangerous stuff. And to maintain these ties of kinship does not mean you ever have to cross the boundaries of halal and haram. So Shaykh Ibn Uthaymeen rahimahullah, he says that what is, it depends on the, the customary among, uh, what is customary on, among the people because it has not been defined in the Quran and the Sunnah. Imam al-Nawi rahimahullah, he says, it is kind treatment of relatives. Kind treatment of relatives to the position of each of them. Right, according to the position of each of them. This is very important. According to the position of each of them. So for instance, the parents get more kind treatment than your uncles and your aunties do. Because who's Ola? Who's comes first? The uncles or the aunties or the parents? The parents come first. The grandchildren or the children take precedence over their nephews and nieces. SubhanAllah, some people I don't understand why. Yeah? They neglect their own children. Uh, I've, this is ajeeb, right? And they'll take their nephews and they'll go fishing or camping and they'll suck their own kids. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. It's like, I like those ones better. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't work like that. You can't just pick and choose who you're going to do Salat al-Rahim. Your kids have a bigger right on you than your nephews and nieces do. Or for instance, your brothers have more of a right to you than your cousins. And wallahi, this is something that is very strange is that we have brothers who don't get along. Brothers who sack each other. Absolutely just يعني, ghost each other. Brothers who don't get along. How is this possible in Islam? How? How is this possible in Islam? That you have a blood brother and you can be closer to someone else. Why? Because of a dunya issue. Money, woman, something. Something. It's always usually money and woman. يعني, with the boys, it's usually one of the two. Let's just be honest. It's usually one of the two. The wives got involved, 
right? Or something got involved. I was supposed to marry you. Astaghfirullah. <laughs> right? You got the good one. <laughs> so over here, this is something that you can't let anything get between you and the brothers. You can't. How is this possible? Unless there's a shari reason, right? Something from the deen. That this person needs to be excommunicated. And this is after long steps. It's not just, oh, you didn't pray one day, I don't have to talk to you for the rest of your life. You know what I mean? It doesn't work like that. It had long steps, long procedures They have to be taken before you can excommunicate a family member So over here, the brothers should always be what? Strongest unit in this world يعني, Compared to how you are with anyone else Especially two Muslim brothers If you're supposed to be يعني, with a, a person who's not your brother As if he's your brother right? Because of Islam, only because of Islam So how is it supposed to be with your actual brother who's a Muslim? Anyone who has siblings, even if it's a sister, alright, get them involved too, slack, you know, if you have a sister as well, right, get them involved, that is your sister, so the people don't talk to their family members, astaghfirullah, now, this is the first thing, now, يعني, today, other things that you can do, Imam Nawawi, rahimahullah, he actually says, by giving money, right, this is something that you can do, by helping them out. Don't say, oh, do you guys need bills? Do you guys... If you know this from Zakallah khair wa ahsan Allahu ilayk. You know what trips me out? This has five-star rating. It's like it's water. You know what I mean? It's got to help. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't get it. Anyways. Now, Imam Nawi rahimahullah, he says, yani giving money. Now something that is, subhanallah, and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, give gifts and increase in love for one another. Give gifts and increase in love for one another. Right? So, this is from the means of creating love, mawadda, between the families. And if you know that you have a sibling who is struggling, perhaps he is more beneficial to you in your akhirah than you giving your money to someone in need overseas. Because sadaqah should start where? Within the family, the closest towards you. The closest towards you. That is where you should be giving your money. First and foremost. So if you know your brother's struggling and you have يعني, you see a plight overseas, someone else inshallah will do that also. And maybe because you do that, Allah will give you more to do that also. But take care of your family first. Save yourselves and your family. Right? Everything is included in this. Your entire family. Save them from the fire. Now, other things is sometimes by serving them. Now, this is something that is like Obvious, if your family needs help, be at their service. Be at their service, especially the elderly in the family. Don't sack, you know what I mean? And say, I got work tomorrow while I'm tired. Make effort. Go the extra yard. Do it for the sake of Allah, not for the sake of the people. Now, sometimes visiting them, visiting them or greeting them and so on. So this is just from some of the things that you can do for what? Silatul Rahim. Now something today... Especially if you have parents, call your parents, blood. Call your parents. Call them. Call them. You don't understand how many parents don't speak to their children. Why? Kids are too busy at work. Kids have, يعني, their kids now have kids. And they only talk to their parents on Friday, Saturday or Sunday, maybe once in the weekend. Call, what, what's a two minute phone call? Dad, are you okay? Mama, are you okay? You don't know how much this will mean to you until you lose one of them. May Allah protect all of your families, Ya Rabb. 
But if someone has lost them, you ask them, what's your biggest regret? I didn't really do enough for my family, for my mom and dad. That's one of the biggest regrets that people have. I didn't do enough for my family. So over here, if they're alive, call your mother, call your father, message them, check if they're okay, ask them if they need any help. This is basic stuff. Absolutely basic stuff. Call them, ask them. If it's not normal, then make it normal. If it's like, why are you calling me? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's going to be unusual for a while. You know what I mean? Like, are you okay? Are you dying? You know what I mean? Is everything okay? But you have to make it normal. Right? Just because they, yani they're used to something that's not normal doesn't mean you have to keep going with it. So, this is something that you can do. And this is from Birrul Walidain, from being obedient to your family. This is extremely important for any child to his parent. Now, they will get used to it, inshallah. You'll get used to it. And that's something that's important. But this is from that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered us to join. This is from that which Allah has ordered us to join. But from the strongest opinion of that which they break, which they're supposed to actually combine, which they're supposed to join, is the strongest opinion is anything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered us to maintain, then this is, comes under this verse. That they break anything that Allah has told them to maintain. They break it. So Allah has commanded us to believe in Allah. Allah has commanded us to believe in the Nabi Sallallahu to have Iman, to do good, to stay away from evil, to do things sincerely. Anything that comes under that which you're supposed to maintain, these, these people, they break it. They don't believe in Allah, they don't believe in the Quran, they don't believe in Nabi Sallallahu They've broken everything that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala has told us to enjoin in. And so they break whatever Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala has told them and commanded them. And then what do they do? وَيُفْسِدُونَ فِي الْأَرْضِ and then they cause corruption upon the earth. They cause corruption upon the earth. They worship other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is from the greatest corruptions there is. Those who are kuffar, they worship other than Allah. So over here, this is from the greatest corruptions that they do. Then they do not worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then first they worship other than Allah. Now they don't even worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nor do they believe in Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nor do they believe in the Quran. Then they do any actions that is in line with their whims and their desires. They do whatever they want. Whatever is in line with whatever they want to do, that's what they're going to do. This is all corruption upon the earth. Because it's not how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala designed this place. We're not supposed to do whatever we want here. This is not where you fill your desires and you make your whims come true. This is not the, not the place. That's Jannah. But over here, you are, you're here to worship. And this is what corruption upon the earth they do. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, Indeed, those are the ones who are the losers. They are the ones who are the losers. Now, Al-Khasir is the one who has not achieved success and not achieved any victory. So over here, in the, in the dunya and the akhirah, the reality of the kafir is that he's a khasir. He's a loser. Why? يعني, I don't mean like loser. No, like he, he's lost. You know what I mean? He's lost. So over here, why is this the case? Because neither has he pleased Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this world, nor has he pleased Allah for the, for the hereafter. So over here, he may be rich. He may be يعني, financially okay. He may win in the, the mode on the structure of the dunya. However, in reality, he has lost because he has not attained the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, in this context here, it is the one who is misguided in the dunya and the one who is what? Destroyed in the akhirah. 
those who are destroyed and those who are misguided. So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He goes on and He says, يعني, so before that, we'll just take a recap. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says The corruptors are those who break the covenant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala After they pledge themselves to it They break that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands them to enjoin in And they cause corruption upon the earth through their actions of misguidance Indeed, they are the tr- truly those who are ultimately the losers Those who are astray, those who are destroyed that is the meaning of this verse. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He calls out to those who disbelieve. He says, كَيْفَ تَكْفُرُونَ بِاللَّهِ وَكُنْتُمْ أَمْوَاتًا فَأَحْيَاكُمْ ثُمَّ يُمِيتُكُمْ ثُمَّ يُحْيِيكُمْ ثُمَّ إِلَيْهِ تُرْجَعُونَ He says, كَيْفَ تَكْفُرُونَ بِاللَّهِ How? How can you disbelieve in Allah? How is it possible for you to disbelieve in Allah? Yani this is from the ways to display a rhetorical question, but from the point of a ta'ajjub, from the point of being bewildered. How is this possible? Kayfa takfuruna billah? How is it possible that you can disbelieve in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? How? Now over here, subhanAllah, the meaning over here will take that it is in reality what is amazing and bewildering truly, what is amazing and bewildering, right? Something that's absolutely shocking is the fact that these people can disbelieve in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them their dunya and everything that they have from the blessings of Allah, they are still upon what they're upon in disbelief. So over here, it's the question here is, كَيْفَ تَكْفُرُونَ بِاللَّهِ How can you disbelieve in Allah when Allah has given you everything? How is that possible? So over here, it's not actually asking you to justify, I disbelieve in Him because one to No one cares about your answer at this point. No one cares at this point. right? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He's saying, how is it possible that you can disbelieve in Allah? Right? So over here, Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah, he says that the kayf over here, the kayfa, it usually means, it's usually a question in Arabic. Kayfa haluka? Right? How, how are you? So over here, it means something different. It is to display disgust, disagreement with that which has happened. كَيْفَ تَكْفُرُونَ بِاللَّهِ How disgusting, how could you? How could you disbelieve in Allah? كَيْفَ تَكْفُرُونَ بِاللَّهِ How crazy is it that you can disbelieve in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And He is the one who has showered you with all the ability that you have. He is the one who's given everything from your favors that you have upon you. How is it possible? Yani subhanallah, we see from this the, the, the amazing nature of context. Yani we have from this three ways that how can be used. Right? One is simply a question. How are you? How are you? Right? It's a simple question. The second is amazement. How did you do that? How did you do that? Right? You're amazed at what it is. And the third is disgust. How could you do that? Right? It's the same word. But context is everything. So over here, it's the third. How disgusting is it? 
How, how, how could you disbelieve in Allah? Right? And then subhanAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, وَكُنْتُمْ أَمْوَاتًا فَأَحْيَاكُمْ And how is it possible, how is it fathomable for you to disbelieve in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you were dead before and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who brought you to life. So over here, you were nothing and I created you. You were nothing, I gave you life. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if we look closely, what does this mean? No one spoke of you. No one remembered you. No one said a thousand years, Mustafa from Greenacre is going to be driving a Corolla, is coming a thousand years ago. No one said this. No one cares. Do you know what I mean? About No one had any idea of what was coming. So you were not someone that was memorable a thousand years ago. Nothing. In, non-existent. Kuntum amwata. You were dead. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave you life. Now over here, يعني, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if we look in other verses like Surah Al-Insan, the first verse of Surah Al-Insan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, هَلْ أَتَى عَلَى الْإِنسَانِ حِينٌ مِّنَ الدَّهْرِ لَمْ يَكُنْ شَيْئًا مَذْكُورًا Has it not come over a time, over a man, a period of time, where he was not even a thing worth to be mentioned? Everyone has gone through this, right? That... Uh, 50 years ago, 60 years ago, 70 years ago, no one was like, can't wait till Ahmed comes, you know what I mean? Ahmed from Greenacre, he's going to be my sparky, you know what I mean? He is the guy. No one cared. You are not memorable, you are not mentioned, you are nothing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who brought you to existence. And this is from the arguments of the Quran, right? The logical arguments of the Quran. You were dead before. And then you came into this life, right? So over here, يعني, the bare minimum is that, did you create yourself? Did you do it? How did you come back into life? You were dead before this. How can nothing, from, from nothing, how can something come? Impossible. You couldn't create yourself from nothing. So over here, like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says in Surah Tur, verse 35, 36, أَمْ خُلِقُوا مِنْ غَيْرِ شَيْءٍ أَمْ هُمُ الْخَالِقُونَ or were they created by nothing? Or are they themselves the creators of them themselves? Did they create themselves? Did they do it? This is the arguments of the Qur'an. This is the arguments of the Qur'an that, that you were nothing. Where'd you come from? You were nothing. Where'd you, how? How did you come to existence? So over here, you were brought to life by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How, how, how could you disbelieve? This is the question by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How could you disbelieve? In Allah, you were dead, you were nothing, and then He created you, He brought you into life. Thumma yumitukum, and then He will cause you to die. Then you die. So He created you, you were dead, then you were created, then you die. When do you die? When your time has ended in this world. And now, this is another argument of the Quran to say if you have control over death, go, try to stop the soul from leaving. When the soul is leaving, put it back. This is in the Quran. Put it back. So over here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling these people that you are going to die. And who is the one who causes you to die? The ya over here goes back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yumitukum. Right? He is the one who, who causes you to die. Because think about it. Every single human being is born in pretty much the same 
same way, genetically. Like no one has an extra five chromosomes where he's going to live for another 50, 60, 70, 80 years. It's not why you live longer, right? Now, you're all born technically the same way. You can have two people who are on the same diet, the same way, the same everything, right? The same, يعني, now it's like all about the, the impacts of emotional damage and what happened. The same life, right? But one could die at 112 and one can die at 15. Is it you that decides who dies? So you don't even know who does this. You can't do this. You can't create death in that sense, right? You don't control death. You can't say death tomorrow, please, not today. Right? You can't do that. It's not possible. So over here, يعني Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who creates life, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who created death. And then, subhanallah, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, ثُمَّ يُحْيِكُمْ Then He's going to, what? He's going to bring life to you again. And He's going to bring life to you again. Subhanallah, when you think about this, this is the one that they have a big problem with. This is the one that everyone tries to deny, right? The resurrection in the Akhirah, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to do this. But subhanallah, look at the entire verse. He created you from death. You were dead before, then He created you, then you died. Why can't He do it again? Why can't He do it again? Allah is all, is all able, He can do whatever He wants. So He is the one who brought you from nothing. You don't deny that you didn't come from nothing. Right? You don't deny this. There was even the people who say that yani, we, we came from yani, a sequence of events, right? Evolution, right? If you say that, right? People that we, we came from apes and monkeys, and, all, right, all right, right? But they still say that we came from something, right? We were nothing before, and then we were something. Even they don't say we just popped out, you know what I mean? Just randomly came up in the world. It's from something, right? So over here, this is something that's important to understand. Is that Allah is using this argument against who? Who is the address here to? To the kuffar. That he is the one. You were nothing before this. And then he brought life to you. And then he will cause you to die. So why do you think he can't do it again? He is going to bring you back to life. So over here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is able to do all things. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, ثُمَّ إِلَيْهِ تُرْجَعُونَ Then unto him you return. Unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you go. So over here, when you are raised from your graves, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling you, you're not going back to the dunya, you're going on to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. ثُمَّ إِلَيْهِ تُرْجَعُونَ You're going to go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ultimately, that is where we're going. Now, over here, the scholars have mentioned that this addresses to the disbelievers. So it means there is a punishment. You are going to the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is where you're going to. And subhanallah, you will return to the hereafter. And he will give you a recompense of your actions. And with this, barakallahu feekum, we finish verse 27 and 28. Next week's lesson is going to be, bi'idhnillah, very important. Because we go through the, the ayah of istiwa, the rising to the sky of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One of the first verses in this regarding the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his actions specifically. So this will be very, very interesting. Bi-idhnillahi tabaraka wa ta'ala. And we're going to go for that one. Um, I'm pretty sure we're going through most of the tafasir of texts of old. Why? It's because you will need this when you go in your day to day and you will understand why. Now something else before we finish. We are under a hundred days now from Ramadan. There's only, a, there's under a hundred days. 
So now, this is a time where you remind your families from now, minhalla, now, right? Who's got fasts remaining? Not the last week. Don't, don't do it in the last week. We're not procrastinators. We don't do last minute things, right? You've got the warning now. Tell the brothers, spread the word, right? That there's under a hundred days now. And you are not promised Ramadan. So get anything that is off your neck, get it off your neck now. And if you have zakah that you need to pay off, pay it now. And if you're waiting for Ramadan for your zakah to be paid, then get most of your calculations done now. So that you're not wasting a night of Ramadan trying to figure out how much zakah you're going to pay. Right? Don't waste Ramadan. Just make sure that you have everything done. Right? Don't wait for that time. Get most of the work done from now. So prepare for Ramadan. And don't assume that you'll be able to read all the Qur'an, you know what I mean, from day 1 to day 30, and you've abandoned the Qur'an before. It'll be very difficult, right? A lot of people, they say that they finish their Qur'an when you ask them, yeah, really? Really? It's like, alright, I did like three quarters. <laughs> I got nearly there, nearly there. You know, قُلُوا اللَّهُ had three times is pretty much it, you know what I mean? Now, <laughs> I understand. So over here, يعني, please remind your families that Ramadan is coming to make up your fasts. Now, barakallahu feekum. If anyone has any questions, we will see you next week. InshaAllah, wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh.